we thank you for what you have been doing among us, Lord Jesus. You are beautiful. Thank you for tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your divine touch. Thank you for, you always lead us in triumphant procession. Thank you for the victory that is in your name. For the privilege of knowing you, the only true God. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you for the impartation we have received from money. We give you the praise. In Jesus' holy name we are worshipped. Put your hands together for the Lord. Turn to someone beside you and welcome them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make sure you speak to the person that you are talking with. You are greeting. Why you take your seat, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel that we should just keep worshiping, but uh, we will worship. Can you reduce this fallback plate? It's too loud. Hallelujah. Well, we thank God for what God has been doing among us. And we are really grateful to God for bringing us thus far. If you have been following up by the Spirit of God, you will discover that God is dealing very much more with us spiritual in this season. Because our evening meetings, we started by talking about the ministry of angels. Who are angels? What is the assignment? And how our operations are interwoven. And then we, we went into talking about visions, open visions, trance, hearing the voice of God and, you know, revelations and prophecies and dreams. And now we are looking into the spiritual warfare. The reason why I believe God impressed it in my heart to, to talk about spiritual warfare is because a good number of us need to have understanding of what is spirit is, what is spiritual remedies. Because there's a lot of questions in the heart of many people, God's people, about occurrences that happen contrary to what the word is saying. And yesterday we looked at the origin of spiritual warfare from the book of Revelation chapter 12. From verse 7 to 12, then we look at what led to the war. Because the first battle was in heaven, the first war was in heaven, the first victory was in heaven, it takes the man of heaven to win every battle. Say after me, the first battle was in heaven, the first victory was in heaven, it takes the man of heaven to win the earthly battles. I'm sure that those of you who have been watching me on television for many years will recognize that. That resonates with you. There is no losing of any battle for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no defeat in any battle for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
But yesterday I tried to put the record straight in the in this in the area of you know what spiritual warfare because there are some people who don't believe in spiritual warfare. I've met some people who have said to me that there's no such a thing as spiritual warfare. But I showed you in the scriptures yesterday from the book of Daniel, beginning from that revelation, then the book of Daniel, chapter ten, from verse twelve, which says, Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of your chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. And we understand that this angel is not talking about human beings. It's talking about spirit being. And we established by that the hierarchy of the devil. But then we looked also into the book of Ephesians. The battle of the spirit of man. It says in, verse, in chapter 6 verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts or spiritual wickedness in high places. Looking at this scripture, we recognize that we wrestle. Correct? We wrestle. Because the scripture says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So if the Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, then the fact is that we wrestle. But who do we wrestle with? He began to talk about some principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness, which are the spirits of hell. And I help you to understand that as the infantry of God is a combination of spirits and man. In this case, angels and man. So the intelligentias of the devil is a combination of evil spirits and full soldiers, men. Now we also need to remember this before we go into today, today's major thing. The purpose of Satan was expressed by Jesus Christ, three principal aim of the devil. John 10.10, 10, the devil has come or the thief has come, but to kill, to steal, to destroy. So everything that the devil will do, everything that demons will do, everything that the human embodiments of Occults and stuff would do is geared towards to steal something from you, to kill something, and to destroy. But that scripture did not just stop there. Jesus went further and said, But there is a life available to you. He says, But I have come that you might have what? Life. Hallelujah. So if the devil came to kill, to steal, and destroy, Jesus came to do one thing. And that one thing that he came to do nullifies the three things that the devil came to do. Somebody say amen. amen. He says, I have come that you may have what? Life. And have it extremely. Therefore, 
I want to look at the role of angels in battle. I want to help you understand. We have known from Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. It says that are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. You remember the story of yesterday with Balaam when he was to the cursed Israel. Very, very interesting story. Now let's go now into the role of angels in battle. I want us to look into the book of Second Kings, chapter 6. When we look at the stories of the scriptures, it tells us about our story. Because what God did in the Old Testament, in the era of manifestation of power, relationship with men, the same thing God is doing in our own time. Now this is what happened. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. Verse 9. The man of God sent word to the king, king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king, so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, and my lord the king said one of the officers, but Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tell us, oh, oh, Elisha the prophet in Israel, tell the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Now let's take a pause. Can we operate in that realm in our days? Yes, even more. Yes, even more. The story is very simple. There is a man of God, a child of God, in tune with heaven, saturated with God, to the place whereby when the enemy of Israel plots in another country, the Holy Spirit of God will take him into the place and he will hear everything they have said. And he will come back and he will tell the king of Israel, this is the, these are the plans of your enemies. So that every time the enemies made a move, they sabotage it. This is available to everybody who believes in Jesus. It is just the spirit of the prophetic. Or the Holy Spirit. Now, I want, to, I want you to understand something that... This story is a typical of yourself and myself. One of the things that give us boldness to preach the word of God to anybody and to everybody without fear is this. So when this man, the king of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, Aram, discovered that it seemed as if all his plans are revealed, he decided to deal with his own men. Confusion in the camp. And then one of them said, no, it's not us. There is a man 
who sees everything you do in your room. Now listen therefore. The king said, go find out where he is. And he says, so I can send men and capture him. I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. I want you to look at this in the light of spiritual warfare. It is possible for you and I, if preaching the word of God, that some folks will gather together, plot against us, and decide to attack us. They may come at the time you are sleeping. That's what happened here. It's still happening till today. And then, let's see what happened then. Verse 15 says, When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots has surrounded the city. Oh my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are against us. Oh, the King James Bible says, and he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that are against us. This scripture reveals two categories of God. Does Elijah need to see the chariots before making that commitment? No. He does not need to see the chariots. A child of God does not have to believe. A child of God must believe by what is written. The Bible says the angels of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, encamp round those who fear the Lord to do what? To protect them. Now you have one child of God that the moment he saw the soldiers, he panicked. We are finished. We are gone. And you have the other man, child of God, who was there, who was just taking his cool. Alright? Never afraid. Never alarmed. Then the Bible says, verse 17, And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes, so he may see. Then the Lord opened the, eye, the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hill full of what? Horses and chariots of what? Fire all around Elijah. Hello, somebody. I think you can begin to think about what that young man will say now. Come on, let's have a go at you. <laughs> Because now he can, he can see. Do you know how many times you have been surrounded in your, during the time you were sleeping? By devils? Do you know how many times that the devil has sent his cohorts to surround you in your office? But I said something to you. A believer that will be victorious in battle is 
by the written word. I hate, you know, people analyzing the classification as to terrorize. I've said this to you. Whether it's a big demon, a medium brain demon, or a small demon, the name of Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous shall run into it and he shall be saved. It doesn't matter whether they are flying spirits or they are crawling spirits. God bestowed upon him a name that is above all names. That are the name of Jesus every Nisha bow. <laughs> this is the principle of Elijah. The Bible says, so, as the enemy came down towards Elijah, Elijah prayed, O oh Lord, strike these people with what? Come on now. Strike these people with blindness. So, he struck them with blindness. Now listen, as Elijah had asked, God did. Elijah told them, this is not the road. Hello? <laughs> and this is not the city. Then he says, follow me. And I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. You can't tell me these people are not seen. They see. They can see. Because they could follow. Alright? But when Elijah said, Father, strike them with blindness. He was not talking about the physical blindness. He was talking about the mental blindness. Hello, somebody. Look, look, look. When I went to Nigeria, I said, well, this is Pastor Dako with me here now. He was with me in one of the crusades I did in Nigeria. Listen to me. Faith is a substance that overcomes any onslaught of the devil. We were holding a crusade in a village which is very fetish, called Ogiri. And we were sleeping in another village, which is also occultic, called Sagamu. Now, I would do my crusade. I don't take time in crusade. Time takes me. If God wants me to go on, when people are getting saved, people are getting healed, no closing. Alright? And I never had consciousness that people always finish their crusade on time and so that they can go because of armed robbers. And so, and um, I was told, when we finished about 11, that, you know, Apostle, now it is late. We have to go through the express, which is a long way, but there is a short court, which is through a place called Ikpara, Iperu. And that short court leads through, you know, will, you know uh, jungle. And along that jungle, unfortunately, they have built homes along the way. So that when your car is coming and you get to the jungle, you have to slow down and climb the homes gradually. Okay? And at that spot, armed robbers will lay ambush and they will rob people. Alright? And this is a, it is, it is a norm. It's normal thing. So I was told that, well, we have to go and go through the motorway and avoid that bush. And this is Pastor Dakwa. I said to them that, excuse me, 
Have arm robber ever robbed in the motorway? They said yes. I said if arm robber had one time robbed in the motorway, and you tell me to avoid the bush path because I want to be, I want to feel safe. Satan told the arm robber to go to the motorway because I'm passing through the bush and doesn't want my trouble. Then I'll be a victim. I said, Pastor, come on, let's go. <laughs> Father was said that, Daddy, if you go, I go. Everybody followed me. And I said to the driver, don't run. I want to see the arm robber that will stop me. It means that that is an arm robber that needs to go to heaven. If an arm robber will stop me or stop you, what should be the first thing we do? Preach Jesus to them. A great opportunity. They would never have had if they did not stop us. Do you know something? I said this before and I say it again. Every one of us believe that the authority of Jesus is sharp in our lips, isn't it? With this mouth, we said to the blind, receive your sight, and it happened by Jesus. We said to the lame, walk in the name of Jesus, and he jumped up and ran. We spoke to the dead, rise up in the name of Jesus, and God brought them back to life. How much more will we say, Lord, blind their eyes? Which one is easier for God to do? I think it's easier for him to take the sight. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. This is the kind of frame of mind believers need to have. For me to die is gain. If I have to die because I'm preaching the word of God and operating in faith, then that's the good way to die. But certainly the fact is this. A man of faith is a man that could be, is not a man that could be killed just like that. It's not. It's not. The same thing I went to do crusade in Shagamu and I told the, 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 uh, the, uh, the fetish people, all the occult people, that look, all of you who came to give your life to Jesus, bring all your idols tomorrow and we're going to burn them. And then at 2 p.m., I said bring them at 2 p.m. But I will not leave the, the house till about 6. So I said to the members who were with me, go and go up to the crusade ground and collect the idols. When the members got there, some pastors told them that, you know something, don't touch these idols. It is only for apostles to do so. And my members said that apostles taught us anything they can do, we can do. And they were collecting the idols. Among the idols is an idol called Ayelala, which is a very dangerous idol. They picked it up with their hands. What are they operating on? Isaiah chapter 44 verse 9. Those who worship idols are nothing and the things they treasure are useless. It says those who speak for them are blind. They are ignorant to their own shame. You know why I'm saying this to you? To win the battle of the spirit, it needs a man of total faith in the Lord. The devil is always um, is used to intimidation. Alright? But you see, if you operate by the sight, physical sight, then you will diminish the power and the might of God with your fear. This is what happened to Elijah. Elijah said, Lord, make them blind. Is it not interesting that Elijah did not call for the for, uh, to, to, he did not try to give instruction to the angels with charge of fire. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He spoke to God and God 
did the job. And I'm sure God must have used angels to do it. Because those angels came ready for battle, isn't it? Come on now. You remember yesterday, what happened? Balaam was told, come and curse Israel. Put a curse on them. And Balaam said, alright, I'll do that. And while he was going, the angel of the Lord what, stood on the road with a drawn sword. And the donkey stopped. And Balaam said, he kicked the donkey. And then the donkey moved. The angel came again and stood. And the donkey went to the ground. And Balaam hit the donkey. You know? And then the donkey said, Why did you beat me these three times? <laughs> Why did you do that to me? Have I ever behaved like this? Listen to me. There is nothing impossible with God. Also, there is nothing impossible with those who believe Jesus said. So Elisha said, well, Father, let them be blind for a while. And Elisha took them to the king. And you will read it further. When they got to the king, the king said, shall we kill them? Elisha said, don't kill these ones. The scripture says if your enemy is hungry, give him food. These ones did not come to kill, they came to eat. And after feeding them, they were surrounded by the army of Israel and his their side. And their so let me say something to you, church. The whole world is waiting with eager, eager expectation for you and I to manifest just in this dimension. And it, it takes fearless men. Men who totally believe in the scriptures. Men who cannot doubt what the Bible says. Men who do not walk by what somebody's experience. But what the Bible says. You are having understanding of how to operate in spiritual warfare. Angels in battle. Let's look at one more episode. We look at the book of Joshua chapter 5 verse 13. Really, if we look at Joshua chapter 5 from verse 1, Joshua 5, 1. The Bible says, Now the, all the Amalekite kings west of Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast had how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before Israelites until we had crossed over. Their heart melted and they no longer had the courage to face Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knife and circumcise the Israelite again. So Joshua made flint knife and circumcised the Israelite at the, at the Gibeah Herolog. Now this is why he did so. All those who had, who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in desert, in the desert on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out 
had been circumcised, but all the people born in the desert during the journey from Egypt had not. And we understand what circumcision means. It means, okay, salvation is what qualifies you and I to share in the divine nature of God. Salvation is what qualifies you and I to share in the divine power of God. Salvation is what puts us in the position of cooperation with heaven. So that heaven can operate through us. And it depends on our mouth. Now if you go further, verse 13 says, Now when Joshua saw, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up. That is when they approached Jericho for battle. He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Listen to this man. Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and ask him, what message does my Lord have for his servants? The commander of the, of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was tightly shut up. Because of the Israelites, no one went out and no one came in. Now before we look further, this is Israelites that are not armed. Alright? And soldiers that were armed heard about the might of the God of Israel. And fear came upon them all. Can you imagine that? They heard about the might of the God of Israel. And everybody was terrified. Can I also help you understand something? The army of the... the, 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 the the captain of the Lord's army, this angel that, that Joshua saw in Jericho, this angel with the rest of the army of heaven, they were already standing at the entrance of Jericho before Joshua got there. It's not that when Joshua got there, then the angels came to reinforce. No. <laughs> because for every destiny that God has assigned, God has his angel that he assigned also to lead you into it. It is not when the battle comes against you that angels are now beginning to prepare. No, they know where you have battle. They know when the battle will come. And they have already been deployed by heaven. But you just got to be right with God. If you look at the rest of the story, the angel, the Lord, and then the Lord said to Joshua, See, chapter 6, verse 2, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its kings and its fighting men. Now, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have several priests carry trumpet of ram, ram horns in front of the ark 
on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with a priest blowing the trumpet. When you hear them sound a long blast of the trumpet, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will what? Collapse. Then the wall of the city will what? Collapse. Let me help you understand something in warfare. Now, the people of Israel are going without ammunition. They are going to fight against an army that is very well armed. Okay? But the first thing God did was that God ter- terrified them. Alright? The second thing God did was that God gave them an instruction that is strange. How can shouts destroy war except by God? How can a shout cause the world to sink except by God? How can a shout disarm a fully armed army ready to strike? Except by God. Is it not the same thing God did in the book of Second Chronicles 20? When Jehoshaphat was surrounded by an army. But if you look at here, and if you look also at Jehoshaphat's battle, you will understand the dividing line there. The angel said, I'm neither for you, nor for your enemies, but I have come in the name of the Lord of hosts. In other words, the, it is only... Whoever is on the side of the Lord that I fight for. The angel made it clear. I come to fulfill what the Father has eternally decided. And this is the reason why you and I, the arm of flesh will fail us. The arm of flesh will fail us. I told you, you want to serve God? Serve Him, man. Don't give Him half service. Let your heart be dedicated to the King of Heaven. Love Him with all your might. If you look at what God uses to overcome and overthrow the powers of Satan, they look so intangible. I believe that humanly, Israel would have expected God to give them some strange instruction, very powerful instruction. But God said, no, go, march around the city once every day for six days, on the seventh day, go around the city seven times, and then one shouts, that wall will come down. It takes people of faith to believe that instruction can achieve what God has said, you know. Listen to me. What about Jehoshaphat? God said, believe in God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophet and you will prosper. He says, the battle is not yours, but it's mine. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Then the people expected God to give them some complicated instruction that will show how their might shall be manifest. And God said, no, tomorrow you just go to those enemies, march towards their camp as you are singing, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His mercy endures forever. You know, when we, were in the, when we started CFT, we used to sing a song, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for His love endures Oh, give thanks to the Lord for His love endures. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. Forever. Can you imagine armed robbers 
surrounded your house. And they have been spraying their bullets and everybody is ducking all over the place. And you were praying, Father, in the name of Jesus. And the father said, go out and face them. Singing, oh, give thanks to the Lord for his love. And then, and then, by the time that God was telling you they put some bullets in your, in your gate. What will you do? To the Lord for his love. <laughs> Listen to me. In warfare, as you pray, Listen to the voice of the Spirit. That's what I'm telling you. In warfare, as you pray, listen to the voice of the Spirit. Because sometimes God gives some instructions that are prophetic. Those instructions may not look so charismatic like your thoughts. And that is the instruction that tests your faith in the name of Jesus. That is it. Faith in the name of Jesus. Let me say something to you. I was doing a crusade in Lagos. 1989. No, 1988 ending, I think. And in that crusade, someone died. Why some folks came in, they were trying to cast out demons from this, this lady. And they pressed her belly. She fell to the ground. They put their knees on top of her chest while they were struggling all over the whole place. And they, in their own, you know, understanding, they were trying to, to, to hold her to the ground and stuff. And then they busted her girl. And she vomited and vomited and vomited. And they are saying, those are the demons. And she was vomiting green. Bye. And they said, those are the demons. And while they pinned her down, she was struggling and she began to shriek. And shake and going to shock. And then she stopped moving. When she stopped moving, everybody who was on her, those who press her neck, those who press her belly, those who press no deliverance stuff. And one of them said that she's dead, she's dead, she's dead. And so others stood up. And now here is she, she's dead. So they went and called Dr. Gbemi. A Russian doctor, she came with a stethoscope, she checked the pulse, she put the stethoscope on her chest, she was there. In my crusade, in my crusade, deliverance ministers killed the woman. It's <laughs> Olu, <laughs> Pastor. Pastor, look where I was around at that time. So, the elders of the church came to me and said, Pastor, they've killed somebody in this crusade. I said, what is happening? And I went and the eyewitnesses told me the story. And the people to say, we were trying to cast out demons from her. We are trying to cast out demons from her. Why the Bible says it's not by power or by might. Jesus says this time, you follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out. He didn't say they will pray over demons. To cast means to instruct, to command by authority, come out in the name of Jesus and they're out. But when it comes to you having to hold the neck of somebody who is oppressed by demon, demon is oppressing the guy and you add to the oppression, that's not a good thing, man. It's not a good thing. That's not God's way. Jesus says, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, then the kingdom of God will come upon you. 
Now I'm talking about prophetic instruction in warfare. So when they came to me, now they said we should go to the doctor and let the doctor certify that she's dead so that she will give us a certificate that she died in the hospital. Dr. Shebanjo, he had visited here too before. And then one of them said to me that, Pastor, do you have anything to do? I said, well, don't worry, leave that woman alone. While we were speaking with them, I have the understanding that in some occasions you need to hear the voice of God to hear prophetic instruction. And I was praying and communing with God. That, Lord, what is happening here? Certainly for God to permit a woman to die like that in my crusade, it can be for nothing but that the power of God may be manifest and the glory of God may be revealed. And as I was praying after about an hour or so, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, go over to that body. And it says, when you get to where she is, place your leg over her, bend your head, and call her to rise up in the name of Jesus. Prophetic utterances is different from prophetic declaration. Prophetic declaration are instances when you and I are moved by faith through the word and make declarations. Which is a word of faith. Whenever we make prophetic declaration, we see manifestations of the power of the Most High backing up the claim that we proclaim. But prophetic utterance is the manifestation, the transcendent manifestation of God upon mortal man, like you speak in tongues, and you will begin to operate in a prophetic dimension that you did not predetermine. Every Christian can operate in both. If you know how to pray and you know how to listen, you can. It begins from faith and then it ends up in utterances. And I said to the leaders, let's go and get the woman up because I've heard the voice of God over it. I went to her. When I stepped over her, they were wondering what's going on and I began to command her to come to life. I commanded her in the name of Jesus. I commanded her in the name of Jesus. After the third time, her finger shriveled. It shook. The whole of her body vibrated. And she sneezed and she woke up. She came back to life. I can give you several instances that, you know, when you have three blind people in the church, you can say receive your sight and one will be healed. But the second one is not receive your sight that will bring, him, bring that person healing. To one blind man, Jesus says, what do you want? He said that I may see. He said, okay, receive your sight. To the other blind man, Jesus spat into the earth and he rubbed it and he rubbed the sight and the person could eat. So the other one, he says, go wash. So, in a spiritual warfare, which is your spirit communicating with the Spirit of God, anytime your spirit is communicating with the Spirit of God, expect a warfare. A warfare is when a man is trying to communicate with God, Satan will try to hinder the man. That is what you call spiritual warfare. Anytime a mortal man on earth makes a move towards God, the work of the devil and demons is to try to stop you. Which means 
The only aspect or area of you that is vulnerable is your mind. Human mind. Your mind. They attack your mind with faithlessness. They try to make you doubt what you know, what you are sure of, and what you believe. If you are not equipped by the word of God and understand the principle that God cannot lie. It's not, it's not about how ferocious the circumstances. It is about God. It is about the name of Jesus. And it's about your faith in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Therefore, the battle is in your mind. Second, Chronicle, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 5. It says the weapon we fight with, or the weapon of our warfare. Look, give me the King James version of this one. I love it. It says, no, go to, go to verse 4. <clears throat> I want to show you some few things in this scripture. The battle of warfare is in your mind. Really, I will say this to you. The greatest asset God has given to you is the power of your mind. Human beings. Your greatest asset is the power of your mind. If it is thinkable, it is doable. Let me show you this now. It says, for the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. So what? On the line. It says, the weapon of our warfare are not carnal. The NIV says, they are not the weapons of this world. Anger, rage, Revenge, they are all weapons of the world. When the Bible says the weapons of this world, it's not just talking about machine gun and knife and, and warfare, chemical warfare stuff. It's talking about what the world will do in this circumstance. In the world, somebody did you bad, you must do him bad to teach him a lesson. But in the spirit, somebody did bad to you, Jesus says overcome evil with good. That is a weapon of the Spirit. Somebody did something very offensive that you, are, you have legitimate reason to be extremely angry. That's why we say, let your outstanding, patient, long-suffering, endurance, that is the weapon of the Spirit of God. Pride is the weapon of this world. Humility is the weapon of the Spirit of God. It says the weapon we fire with or the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. They are mighty through God. To what? To the pulling down of stronghold. That's what I'm talking about. I want you to understand that you can have boldness, but boldness cannot defeat the devil. But when boldness is channeled through God, it becomes faith. Faith will defeat the devil. Any weapon of the spirit that you use, if it is not channeled through God, it cannot pull down strongholds. 
God is the pipeline. The conduct of the Spirit is the weapon. And when that weapon is channeled through God, it pulls down strongholds. What are the strongholds? The next verse says, we, is it casting down imaginations? Look at the King NIV version. Click. NIV version. We demolish arguments and every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God. So the stronghold is minds, thoughts, arguments, thoughts, arguments. Thoughts are always generated by sight, by hearing, by feeling. Don't be moved by your feeling. Be moved by the Spirit of God. I want you all in this church, or this, those of you listening to me on television live, I want you to ascend beyond the clouds of man into the cloud of the Spirit where you are unable to be moved by the scenario of man. So that you do not judge as you see. The more you put your mind in action, the more your mind develops in God and the end of discernment of spirit and the word of knowledge. But it comes from somebody who decided to change his attitudes in the realm of his thinking, in the realm of his mind. Look at the King James Version again on that very verse. It says, casting down vain, I mean, casting down imaginations and every High thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thinking, every thought, every deliberation, every understanding to the obedience of Christ. Church, we have weapons, but the weapons has to be like Christ. The weapon is to reprogram your mind like Christ will. You have to ask yourself in every circumstance, what would Jesus do in this situation? Haven't known about Jesus in the, in the gospel. Then you can understand how he will do. Plug into that. Then victory is yours. Victory is yours. If you approach battle in the flesh, you will be defeated. So, they fall in our mind. If God can conquer your mind, then you will conquer the devil. If God is still struggling with your mind, the more sometimes you lose battle. Remember yesterday in the book of Second First Chronicles chapter twenty-one, verse one. Let me show you something very quickly. We we'll come back here. Look at what it says in verse one, First Chronicles twenty-one. It says, Chronicles twenty-one. And Satan stood what? Of Israel. And provoked David to number Israel. Go back to NIV. That person who wasn't who was on the on the stuff is not wasn't here yesterday. I want you to get some 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 guys there who have who have been involved. And Satan rose up against Israel. 
And did what? He did what? He did what? The, the man of God. This is spiritual warfare. Satan will not come to you with arms and with all this physical stuff. He hates for your mind. He wants to command your mind. He wants to your thinking and make you feel that you are the one thinking really. The Bible says, Satan rose up against Israel. And how can I overcome Israel, God's people? Oh, I can incite the head of God's people. And when I incite him and he falls from God, then the anger of God will burst against God's people. Be defeated. So he incited David to conduct census. Look at Numbers chapter 25. You remember Numbers yesterday, chapter, chapter 23 verse 19. Let's look at 19 first. We look at Numbers 23, 19, and then we go to 25. Look at Numbers 23, 19. It says, When Balaam was told to curse Israel, and Balaam decided to go, and we read yesterday that God changed the tape of Balaam's mouth and put the word, Balaam said, God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise? This is a person, medium, who was to curse Israel. And this is his curse. This is his curse. Okay? Does he promise and not fulfill? Look at the next one. Read it together. Say it again. That tells me that there is no devil that can curse me under this heaven. Every demon has been warned. Touch not God's anointed and may God's prophet no harm. He was paid to curse Israel. He did a sacrifice to curse Israel. He did everything to curse Israel. But when he got there, he said, God is not a man that he should lie. Or a son of man that will change his mind. He said, I have received a command. God has blessed. I cannot change it. When God blesses a people, there is no demon, demon in hell or outside hell. I don't care where they are. There is no occult. There is no, no warlocks that can change it because God has blessed. There is no devil, no ritual can affect you. If God has blessed you, God blesses you because you are born again. Alright? But listen, something can happen to you when the devil wants to catch a Christian. The battle is in his mind. He's in his mind. Look at chapter 25. So this same Balaam. Balaam in chapter 25. The Bible says, while Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to the sacrifices to their gods. This is God's people that could not be caused just few, a short while ago. The people ate and bowed down before these gods. Who is walking? Satan. Inside their God. Said, if we cannot curse them. If we cannot kill them. If we cannot destroy them. Let's attack their mind. Let us change their mindset. Let us cause them to, to, to contravene their God. So that we can have access. 
and it is by the hand of their God they will fall. It says, he invited them to sacrifices, the women, 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 to their idols. The people ate and bowed down before idols. These people ate and bowed down before idols. Let me say something to you. These are God's people just in chapter 22. Let me open my own Bible too to it. Okay? Look at this. This is shocking. The same people of God who have experienced power. They have seen manifestation of glory, mercy, power. Okay? These same people passed through the Moabites and they could not cast them. Look at in chapter 22 of the same numbers, don't go there, I will read it, you open it in your Bible. Listen. Now, these same people, when, when Balaam, when, 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 when Balaam went to curse them, in chapter 23, it says, Balaam said in verse 8, how can I curse whom those who God had not? How can I denounce those who God had not denounced? For from the rocky peak, verse nine, from the rocky peak, that chapter, the rocky peak, I view them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves. Come on now. Did you see that? What's up here? Lord. I want to show you something here. The battle is in our mind. We have to conquer the battle of our mind to be able to be victorious over the those whom God had not cursed. How can I denounce those whom God, whom, whom the Lord had not denounced? Look at the next verse. It says, from the rocky peak I see them. This is the devil speaking. I can't go near them, he says. They're so far away from me. From the height I view them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. They live among the nations. They do not behave like the nations. They live among the nations. They do not see like, they do not act like the nations act. They separated themselves from the Lord. Now, so, that is the reason why, how can I cast whom God has not cast? How can I denounce whom God has not denounced? He says, they live apart. I love it. Look at the next verse. That will be the prayer of your enemy. It says, who can count the dots of Jacob? Williams there. Come on now. It says, let me that may my be like this. Your enemies will stand peaceful agreement with you. Somebody send the witches to attack you. The glory that all his powers are useless. Then he will now say, where is your God? Who is that your God? I will serve that God. That is the portion of all believers. That is the portion of all Christians. Somebody pours something on the ground, which has made others leprous. You walk over it, nothing happens. They put some... I went, I went to pray somewhere. Somebody, somebody had witchcraft. 
you know, a Muslim just converted to, to Christianity. And in, during my crusade there, and uh, the, the daughter came up and said, I'm a witch. I've been initiated by such and such a person. And I said, okay, I'll come up and pray with you. And when I was going home the following day to pray with her, listen to me. I never knew that, that the witches had a meeting and they sent some representative of witchcraft to follow me. Okay? I never saw it. Do I need to see it? I don't have to see it. Why? Because Jehovah sees. Hallelujah, somebody. I went to the house of this man and the, the woman, the wife, went in, got me a crystal clear glass and got Fanta. Okay? And she brought the crystal clear glass and as she was going to open the Fanta, the daughter ran in and said, let me serve the man of God. And the daughter took the bottle, she took the, the opener, and as she opened, I saw in the spirit something from her palm drop into the, the bottle. But it was invisible. Alright? And I too, knowing what God would do, I pretended as if I saw nothing. <laughs> Alright? So, she poured my glass full and put down my glass. She ran out and shut the door a little ajar and she was listening, waiting for my death. I took the cup, I drank half, and I left the cup on the table. And I said, come on, let's talk. And we were talking. And they were telling me how they love Jesus, how they have left Islam, now what Jesus has done for them, until this girl now said she had witchcraft. And as we were speaking, my glass, in the midst of my glass, a red dot showed up. Alright? And as we were all looking at the glass, that red dot began to increase. Like a metamorphosis. It began to increase. It began to become a ball. And the, the what is this? What is happening? You have drunk it. He said, this is poison. He mentioned it in the dark. It means eat and die. He put his glass has been filled with this substance. And the, the mother said, but I brought the glass with the drink. Come your daughter. I said, come your daughter. And the moment I said, come your daughter, you know, she opened the she, she tell your mother what she drink. She said, uh, I didn't do anything. You better tell your mother now. Quick, quick. <laughs> Before I act. She said, I will confess. I will confess. And she made all those who came behind me in the spirit when I was coming to the house. And she said when, they, when I came into the house. These people came together with me. Who were human members of the house. And this, she said they gave me that thing. And they told me to put it in your drink. But you understand that girl said that. But you, you saw it. Didn't you? I said yes I did. 
<laughs> she said, I did. And then she said, now you drink and you will die. I said, but I'm alive, aren't I? I said, you think I can die? The Bible says we will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt us. I said, the rest of the drink, they shall drink. And I took the cup. I said, follow me. And they followed me outside. And the parents, and I said, I'm going to give this drink to those guys who came. I said, where are they? He said, they have run away. I said, yes. He said, tonight they are coming to the crusade to mourn, the, 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 to mourn you. You will be there by night. And they will come and celebrate. Many of them will come all over from Lagos. I said, good. We will all dance. The Holy Ghost dance. And I took the rest of the drink and I said, Father, I call all those people who came and I declare in the name of Jesus, let them drink their poison. And I threw it out. Do you know what? They all came that night to the crusade screaming. Yay! The other we go, yay! What is yay? My they were having headaches. They said they sent my green to kill me. I drank it, nothing happened. And they began to cry. They were crying and shedding tears. Old men and women, and I think two or three young ladies. The young ladies were confessing seriously, telling every secret of what they have been doing. While I have some old men, they say, yay, and they go, And I was having fun in my crusade. That night, heads rolled. Heads rolled. You know, the word of God, sometimes when we read it, it looks like story. It is our life. It is our life. Balaam said, I see these people from afar. I couldn't touch them. It says, from a rocky peak, I see them. From the height, I view them. I see a people who do not live, who live apart from, you know, and they do not consider themselves of, you know, one of the nations. And the next verse, quickly, I go to more verses. Who can count the Jacob or part of Israel? Let me die the death of thee. And like, is your enemy tells you that? You know, you won't see many witches start coming to when you go to Africa, where the witch and the voodoo priest will come and tell, don't stay there. I am a man. Only in the name of Jesus. But you must be of standing with God. Let me show you something that would do. Chapter 25 happened. Let's finish chapter 25 and I'll show you how it happened. This Balaam now went back to his country. And you know, with the devil... When the devil set out against somebody, he will not leave you until they bury you. I repeat myself. If the devil is assigned against you some demons, they will continue to chase, they will continue to try 
thinking they will get you sometime till you are buried. Even I think so maybe they will wait around your corpse, expecting that maybe you wake up again. This is how ferocious those guys are. The Bible says the devil left Jesus for an opportune time. He continued to turn after him, he never found anything in him. The same thing with Daniel. If you look at that chapter 35, the same Israel that did not count themselves as part of the world, they do not behave like the world, they do not feel like the world, they are separated. That same Israel, it says why Israel was saying in Shittim, the men of Israel who have of God now indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women. Where did that urge come? It is the battle of the mind. The devil overcame them in their mind. Look at the book of the same Numbers 31. Let me show you something in 31. How come that righteous men indulge in sexual sin? Look at chapter 31 from verse 1 to 4. It says that Numbers, the Lord said to Moses, take revenge on Midian, that same Midian, for the Israelites, after that, you will be gathered to your people. So Moses said to the people, Arm some of your men to go to war against the Midianites. That is this same Midianites who called, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, Balaam and Balak. And to carry out the Lord's vengeance on them. Send into battle a thousand men from each of the tribe of Israel. Why? Go to verse 13. Okay, do you know what? Let's, let's go back to that verse 4. Alright? So that you can understand the story. Because this is where we are ending it today. Verse 5. It says, send 12,000 men armed for battle. And a thousand from each tribe were supplied from the, from the clans of Israel. Alright? One minute, let me get it in my, in my Bible. Numbers 31. All right. Now, it says Moses sent them into battle, a thousand from each tribe, along with Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, who took with him articles from the sanctuary and the trumpet for signaling. The next verse, watch this. They fought against Midian as the Lord commanded Moses, and killed every man, these people who made Israel commit sin. Among their victims was Evi, Rechem, Zor, Hor, and Reba, the five kings of Midian. They also killed Balaam, son of Boa, with the sword. Why did they kill Boa, says Balaam? Why did God destroy Balaam? Look at the next verse. The Israelites captured the Midianite women and children and took all the Midianite herds, flock and goods as plunder. Why? Verse 13. 
Moses, Eleazar, the priest, and all the leaders of the community went to meet them outside the camp. Moses was angry with the officers of the army, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds who returned from the battle. Have you allowed all the women to leave? He asked them. They were the ones who followed Balaam's advice and were, and were the means of turning the Israelites away from the Lord in, verse 20, in chapter 25. In what happened at Poa, so that a plague struck the Lord's people. So, look at that. When Balaam could not curse Israel in chapter 24, he went back to his country. Then, Balaam devised with the devil, and as the devil incited David, Balaam said, look, I know what to do. This is how devil operates. Go and incite the women of Moab. Let them go into the camp of Israel and become church members. Let them sing praise and worship. Let them pray. Let them shout. But then, let them seduce them. Seduce them. Now, when your girls of Moab seduce these men of God, these God's children... Their God hates sin and let them sleep with their married men. Let them contaminate them with sin and let them see how their God will react. Therefore, because they did that, God killed his own children. Just like I showed you in First Chronicles the other time, 21, that God the angel of the Lord killed Israelites because Satan incited David to disobey God. Until David begged for mercy, but many died. The same thing here, if you go back to that chapter 25 of Numbers, it says, verse 4. Okay, now, the, verse 3 says, Why Israelite, that verse 3, that's right. So Israelite joined the worshipping of Baal of poor. Did you see now? Those that God wiped out in chapter 31. And the Lord's anger burned against them. Verse 4. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of these people. Kill them. These are people that Satan cannot kill. Balaam cannot kill. Balaam said, I see a people who sleep as parts. Who do not behave like the people of the world. And then Balaam went to his country and called a meeting with the devil and demons. And then the devil told him his old ancient device, deception. And then he went back and told the girls of Moab, go and deceive them and join them like you are friends, but get them into adultery and sin. And they succeeded in doing it. When it has succeeded in doing it, the anger of God burned against them. And God said, take all the leaders and kill them. Expose them in the broad daylight before the people. So that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. Look at the next verse. And it says, so Moses did to Israel's judges, each of you must put to death those of your men who have joined in worshipping the Baal of poor. Then the next verse. Because when they came in and mingled with the people of God, they brought their idols and took God's people to bow their heads down to the dead. 
to the devil, which is a, a sin that is not forgivable. Then an Israelite man brought his own family and Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel while they were weeping at the entrance of the tent of the meeting. Verse 7, and it says, When Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw this, he left the assembly, took a spear in his hand, and he drove it. Next verse, please. And followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear through both of them, through the Israelite and into the woman's body. Then the plague against the Israelite was stopped. The next verse, please. But those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. They go to chapter 31 of that numbers. Now you can understand the story fully. The same Balaam who could not curse Israel. An angel opposed him. And the same Balaam in chapter 23, who God told him, you cannot curse these people because I have blessed them. That same Balaam went back and he confided with the devil and then he came back with the strategy of Satan, which is deception. The devil doesn't have two weapons. Let me say this to you. The only weapon of the devil is deception. He had read kings and nobles with deception. You read it from the book of Ezekiel yesterday, chapter 28. He had read kingdoms by deception. The only way a man cannot be deceived and be free from deception of Satan is by acquainting yourself with godliness as written in the scripture. Casting down every vague imagination and taking every thought captive. Not every thought that comes to your mind is from God. Some thought are given to you by the devil to wreck your destiny. Some thought are given to you to wreck your marriage. Some thought are given to you to wreck your life. It will cause you to feel like you are doing something when you are doing nothing. Until you waste the whole of your useful age and get old and you can't achieve many things anymore. Our mind is the battlefield. Victory is determined in the battlefield. If our mind is the battlefield, then it means that our victory is in our mind. Believers, it's easy to overcome the devil by the grace of obedience to the word of God. How can a young man make his way pure? It is by hearkening to the voice of God. Remember the three pillars of life? Number one, say it loud. Say it again. Say it one more time. Number two, don't deceive others. Number one, don't deceive yourself. Number two, don't deceive others. And number three, don't deceive God. Because deception comes from the pits of hell. The weapon of our warfare and our cannon. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. We destroy every argument and every pretension that raises itself against the knowledge of God. I cannot help you in that. And you cannot help me in that. We are all obliged by God to judge every thought by the standard of the world. Don't take a decision that will wreck your career. A little patience in your office can send you into promotion in a short while. And a little impatience and rash word can get you out of your operation 
and you lose destiny. Beloved, finally, your victory is sure. 1 Corinthians 5.57 But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our commanding officer is Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphant procession in Christ and through us spread everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. If the Lord is leading your battle, you're on the winning side. The moment you get detracted away from the voice of the Lord, you are losing sight. But thanks be to God, the grace is always there for you, even if you go astray tonight. Let's stand up on our feet, please. I want to pray for your mind, that Lord Jesus strengthen my inner man. Help my heart to commit completely to the voice of the Spirit. Begin to pray and ask God. Guide my spirit man. Help my mind. Every word that I read, every word that I hear, help my human mind to be fruitful. Tell the Lord. Yeah. God had determined victory. But who is on the Lord's side? There are still people in our time that are falling by the deception of Satan. Tell the Lord, strengthen my spirit. Can I have the choir up, please? Strengthen my spirit. Tell the Lord. Tell the Lord. Strengthen my spirit, O God. Give me understanding and sight in my spirit. I don't want to be a victim. Oh, sovereign Lord, let's ask for power in our inner man. Anyone that is struggling with evil thoughts, the Bible says, casting down every vain imagination, vain imagination, vain imagination leads to vain life. Success by vain imagination. Lord, we ask you, strengthen my soul, Lord. Give me more grace. More grace to obey you. More grace to follow your footsteps. Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. I want to take this song after me. With a heart of dedication. Guide me, O Great
गए